Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Recently read from this, I want to go right back to it. It's such a great one. This is by J.I. Packer. It's called Praying the Lord's Prayer. It's a very small book, as most of you can see if you're watching on YouTube as opposed to just listening. And uh, it's actually excerpted from uh, Packer's 2007 book uh, called Growing in Christ. So in this book, Praying the Lord's Prayer, he just, uh, each short chapter, he takes one line from the Lord's Prayer and reflects upon it. And it's just, it was just so great the other uh, other day when I uh, read uh, Jesus telling his disciples when they said, hey, teach us to pray. And he said, well, when you pray, pray like this. And so we thought about that and we thought about a little bit about how Jesus would have spoken on prayer so many different times and uh, his disciples getting the the firsthand uh, ear witness, eyewitness opportunity to hear Jesus pray. I can't even imagine how that must have been. And uh, I would have asked him to teach me to pray as well. Well, the Lord's Prayer, as uh, most of you will probably know, is um, is found in Matthew chapter 6. And then there's uh, another uh, version of it, I guess you might say, in, uh, in Luke chapter 11. But uh, Packer opens this chapter uh, saying uh, from Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so he's comparing um, the generosity that we might be able to exhibit a little bit of to the uh, amazing, astonishing, uh, mind-blowing generosity of God the Father. So here's uh, what he has to say. When we pray these first two words, our Father, here's what Packer has to say. The Lord's Prayer is in family terms. Jesus teaches us to invoke God as Father, just as he himself did. Witness his Gethsemane prayer, for instance, or his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, where Father uh, occurs six times. A question, however, arises. Jesus was God's son by nature, the second person of the eternal Godhead. We, by contrast, are God's creatures. By what right, then, may we call God Father? When Jesus taught this manner of address, was he implying that creaturehood, as such, involves sonship, or what? And then the next section has uh, got a big title to it. Adopted. I like that. That's a great Great word. Clarity here is vital, says Packer. Jesus' point is not that all men are God's children by nature, but that his committed disciples have been adopted into God's family by grace. To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There he's quoting, of course, from John chapter 1. Paul states this as the purpose of the incarnation. God sent forth his Son, Dot, 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 so that we might receive adoption as sons. And that's from Galatians chapter 4. Prayer to God as Father is for Christians only. This resolves a puzzle elsewhere. Jesus stressed that his disciples should pray in his name and through him, that is, looking to him as our way of access to the Father. Why is there none of this in the model prayer? In fact, the point is present here. It is implicit in the word Father. Only those who look to Jesus as mediator and sin bearer and go to God through him have any right to call 
on God as his children. Sons and heirs, if we are to pray and live as we should, we must grasp the implication of God's gracious fatherhood. First, as God's adopted children, we are loved no less than is the one whom God called his beloved son. In some families containing natural and adopted children, the former are favored above the latter, but no such defect mars the fatherhood of God. This is the best news anyone has ever heard. It means that As Paul triumphantly declares, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that, of course, some of you will recognize from Romans chapter 8. It means that God will never forget us or cease to care for us and that he remains our forbearing father even when we act like prodigals. And sometimes we all do, don't we? It means, too, that as the Book of Common Prayer says, he is always more ready to hear than we are to pray and is wont to give more than either we desire or deserve. If you then who are evil, said our Lord, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Um, And that is just really, really powerful, isn't it? Um, The good things um, uh, being the Holy Spirit's present in our lives, the Holy Spirit's work of transforming us, uh, reorienting our affections, reordering our priorities, all of that. And Packard goes on to say, to know this truth of God's fatherly love to us gives boundless confidence, not merely for praying, but for all of our living as well. Second, he says, we are God's heirs. So first, we're God's adopted children and we are loved no less than the one whom God called his beloved son. So first, we're loved. Second, we are heirs. Adoption in the ancient world was for securing an heir. And Christians are joint heirs with Christ of God's glory. That also from Romans 8. We are God's children now. When he appears, we shall be like him, 1 John 3 tells us. Already all things are yours in the sense that they um, further your good here and your glory hereafter, for you belong to Christ. To grasp this is to know oneself rich and privileged beyond any monarch or millionaire. Why? Because it's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is our Father. It's the Creator Almighty. Um, the one who is sovereign, reigning over the entire universe, not just over one country, not just over one uh, city or whatever. So <clears throat> we are um, first loved. We are heirs. Third, Packer says, we have God's spirit in us. With our changed relationship to God, that is being adopted by God, goes uh, also a change of direction and desire of outlook and attitude, which scripture calls regeneration or new birth. Those who believed in Jesus' name were born of God or more precisely born of the spirit because you are sons, says Paul. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, that is prompting us to cry spontaneously as the expression of a new spiritual instinct, Abba, Father. Whether we are 
sons or daughters. Either way, we're crying out, Abba, Father. And when to our distress, and this comes to all of us, we find ourselves so muddle-headed, dead-hearted, and tongue-tied in prayer, um, Packer says that we do not know how to pray as we ought, then our very desire to pray as we should and our grief that we are not doing so shows that the Spirit is himself making effective intercession for us in our hearts, which is as reassuring as it is mysterious and as thrilling as it is amazing. I love this. All right, so we are loved. Uh, We are heirs. We have God's spirit in us. When we pray our Father, when that's how we start off the Lord's Prayer, the fourth thing Packer points out is that we must honor our Father by serving his interests. The center of our concern must be his name, his kingdom, his will. And we must be like good children and human families ready to obey instructions. So fourthly, we are, when we say our Father, we are honoring him and respecting him as his children would do, as good children would do in any family. And then fifthly, Packer says, we must love our brothers and sisters, okay, so our siblings. And sometimes, I know this one's one of the hard ones, isn't it, for all of us, yeah. Sometimes God's people are the ones that rub us the wrong way. Sometimes uh, we're rubbing them the wrong way as well, I'm sure. But this is a point that must be made. If we are to be in God's family, then uh, not only do we belong to God as our Father, but we belong to all of our brothers and sisters in Christ as well, and they belong to us as well. Um, Fifth, we must love our brothers and sisters by constant care and prayer for them. The Lord's Prayer schools us in intercession for the family's needs. Our Father, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. And Packer makes a big point out of that. Us means more than just me. That's so true. The entire Lord's Prayer is in the plural There's never I, me, my. So that should tell us something right there, huh? Mm. For God's child, prayer is no flight of the alone to the alone, but concerns for the family and concern for the family is built into us. So we should be expressing faith in Christ, confidence in God, joy in the Holy Spirit, a purpose of obedience and concern for our fellow Christians when we go to God and say, Our Father. Only so shall we answer Jesus' intention in teaching us this form of prayer. And this closing paragraph from Packer here for today. As invocation of God as Father opens this pattern prayer, the Lord's Prayer, so renewed realization of the family relationship, his parenthood and our sonship by grace should always come first in our practice of prayer. All right-minded praying starts with a long look Godward and a deliberate lifting up of one's heart to give thanks and adore. And it is just this to which Father calls us. Thanks for grace, praise for God's paternity, his fatherhood, and joy in our sonship and daughters as we are, okay? And heirship should bulk 
large in Christian prayer. In other words, that should be just flowing through all of our prayers and understanding of that. It's sort of the the backdrop to every prayer we might pray. And if we never got beyond it, we should still be praying to good purpose. First things first, says Packer. So I ask, Packer, this is Packer asking us. So I ask, do we always pray to God as Father? And do we always praise him when we pray? So good. Um, He's got these three questions too at the end. What gives us the right to call God our Father? Why may only Christians do this? That's actually categorized as question number one, but it's two questions, isn't it? And of course, uh, he's been so good to, to talk about that in this chapter, our adoption as God's children. We're not just his property. Um, uh, we're not, we don't belong to God just in terms of ownership. Uh, we now belong to God in terms of relationship. And yes, God owns everything in the created order. That's true, he does. He owns everything in the universe. And everybody uh, in that way belongs to God by ownership. But here he wants us to call him father. And that's a relationship, isn't it beautiful? Hmm. Uh, Another question Packer has here is, what's the importance of realizing our sonship to God when we pray? And why would one say the Lord's Prayer schools us in intercession for the family's needs, all of the family. And so that's from all from Praying the Lord's Prayer by J.I. Packer. Um, you can find that as part of the book Growing in Christ, or you can buy it separately if you'd like to. Highly recommend it to you. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for allowing us to call you Father. Thank you for making us your sons and your daughters. Mm. And I pray for my brothers and my sisters today that each and every one of us might walk in the light of this grace you've bestowed upon us today. Realizing how great your love for your children is. Seize us by your great affection today. Help us to trust you and to rest in your love. Pray this in Jesus' name. For his sake, for his glory. Amen and amen. God bless you. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.